From Fibush Media World Headquarters in Rochester, New York, I'm Scott Fibush, and this is the Top of the Tower podcast. We're brought to you, as always, by Yellow Tech, maker of the Mika mic arms and monitor mounting system, and the IXM recording microphone, which is how you're hearing me right now. In this episode, we are continuing our look back at Radio Days North America, the very invigorating conference that was held earlier in June in Toronto, an offshoot of both Canadian Music Week and the very successful Radio Days conferences that have been held in Europe and Asia. Last week, we brought you a few conversations from the Radio Days North America Summit, and today we're going to bring you a few more, focusing particularly on radio and music programming. One of the great things about this particular conference, uh, if you are a fan of Canadian radio, as I am, if you uh, grew up listening to Canadian radio from across the lake, as I did, if you think that there's a little bit more interesting stuff going on, uh, with local personalities in Canada than sometimes is happening in the U.S., there was a lot to learn about at this event. One of the most interesting panels, I thought, during Radio Days North America was one of the final ones. On the second day, it was called Radio, Can You Handle the Truth? Bringing together some great radio minds, including one of our favorites, Valerie Geller, who we've had here on the podcast before and no doubt will again. And one of the youngest members, in fact, the youngest member of that panel, uh, was a DJ named Shannon Burns. Shannon has risen very quickly through the ranks in Canadian radio. At the age of just 30, she is now the national host on all of Bell Media's Virgin stations. And I started out by asking her what it's like to try to do a national Top 40 radio show in the middle of the day. Yeah, it definitely was a big shift going from local to then doing national because you are a lot more limited in the things that you can talk about and you can't just like throw it away if you have nothing to talk about, you know, uh, which you shouldn't do anyways. But um, one of the things that I really try and focus on is kind of seeing Canada as a whole as a small town, if that makes sense. It's like we all love being Canadian and we um, have that in common so I can kind of be like oh this the top list of these Canadian cities said this and this so I can kind of just shift what I'm talking about and make it more broad talk more about myself but also to you're kind of limited in like I went to an event last night that Justin Trudeau was at but that was in Toronto but I couldn't really talk about that on my show because the person in Victoria BC is going to be like where was Justin Trudeau you know so it's kind of keeping that illusion but then also keeping that certain sense of like authenticity in what you're doing so it's like not lying but not telling the whole truth and kind of, I don't know, that whole facade of radio a little bit. So, yeah, it's definitely a challenge and it's a new dynamic that I'm two years in and still getting used to, but it's like a good challenge in radio and it, and it keeps things interesting. It's exciting. It's a, it's a new way of thinking. I can't imagine, I mean, with all the smoke that's been here in Toronto, we had it across the lake in Rochester. It's got to be weird to not talk about that. Yeah, especially in like Halifax. They were dealing with a lot of fires two weeks ago or last week even. And that was something too where I'm like, Ooh, I feel weird talking about like Justin Bieber on the radio when these people are are have these concerns. But I think as radio hosts too, and it goes back to being that companion and that distraction for people too, right? It's like you there is a lot of bad in the world and we see it all the time. And as radio hosts, we kind of have a responsibility to deliver that news, but then also take people's minds off of it and play fun music and and keep the focus on that. So yeah, that's what I try and do. The panel that that we were just hearing you on was driving radio it was you know future of radio and where we're going and you talked briefly and i wanted to hear more about it Seven hundred and fifty thousand tiktok followers yeah we're almost there so yeah it's pretty crazy just like just in the last couple of years too which is so insane yeah 
What's the secret? How do you how do you make that work? Yeah, I think it's a lot a lot of consistency, a lot of just like putting in the work, even though people might not always be watching, um, and making a lot of things that you enjoy. Like the second that it starts to feel like work, then I don't want to do it, and then I I notice myself start to slack a little bit. So it's just always finding like a niche or an interest of yours that you love and that you're passionate about, and something like you could talk about for hours. So if you think of like a topic like oh I could do a whole TED talk on that, do it. Like start posting videos about it. Because the thing about TikTok and social media is you're going to find other people that are just like you and have the same interests as you. And then you can start to build your own little community. And I've done that on TikTok with talking about like celebrity news because that's something I'm interested in and talking about LGBTQ plus issues because I'm queer and um, yeah, and talking about radio. And that was something that really surprised me because I was, I'm like such a nerd about radio. Like I'm so passionate about it. And I made a video explaining how we like bleep out swear words because just because I think that's interesting. And then that took off and people are like well how do you answer calls how do you talk all the way till the song starts playing like what are all those things so I was like oh I didn't realize people were into this and because they are I can yeah share that with them and you told a story up there about then people actually kids wanted their their moms to turn on virgin radio and hear yeah, so I think that's that was an important lesson for me is to, I kind of talk more to people like millennials and things, but then you kind of forget that there are younger people that are in the car with their parents and their siblings listening to the radio, so we should be really shifting our focus towards them because they're the future of the radio listeners that we want. Like, everyone's so scared that radio is going to die, so let's let's make sure that we focus on the young people to make sure that it lives on, you know? I got to ask, because you mentioned you were just in the headlines here for having gotten some hate mail. You had mentioned about being married and then you started getting these responses. Do you worry about sharing too much or is that just part of of the business that you're in? Yeah, I think the thing with that, so yeah, so I announced my engagement and got a a listener emailed in telling me that my queer engagement announcement was for mature audiences and not for daytime radio. And that just made me want to talk about it more. I was like, this just shows that there's people who are so uneducated on this matter that this is something that we need to be talking about more. And I have a platform and a national radio show that I can do that on. So um, yeah, it just made me get excited about that and want to share more things and, and teach people. Where does this go from here? What do you want to do next beyond what you're doing already? I don't know. I think digital content is like such also a passion of mine and like making TikTok videos and things like that. So if I could do like more of radio in a podcast way or um, ha- build more of a community online, I think that's where we're heading. Um, and yeah, maybe something like that. But th- my goal was always to have a national radio or to have a radio show in Toronto. And I have been lucky enough to have a national show. So the fact that I've reached my goal and now I'm 30, I'm like, okay, what do I do like so your question's great because i don't also know i'm 51 i don't even know what i want to do yet (laughs) thank you so much nice talking with you shannon burns from bell media and virgin radio in canada where she is the national midday host from coast to coast across that sprawling nation i think we will be hearing a lot more from her in the years to come Somebody else who is young, active, and energetic in Toronto radio is also at the helm of a very well-known station over the years. You might have known it as the Spirit of Radio CFNY. Today, it's uh, one of several alt-rock stations in Toronto, owned by Chorus Media, and known as 102.1 The Edge. Rick Lee is its program director, and the first question I asked him when we got together in a hallway outside one of his meetings was... What's it like to be in command of such a legendary brand? Wow, yeah, and there's a documentary coming out too. And I know, and I love the fact that even former employees of different companies are still saying CFNY at the, you know, when Mae Potts was getting her award and then she was saying CFNY, it just warmed my heart. But yeah, thank you so much. I've 
You've been to the studio. It's amazing. It's, it's Every day is like a wow moment kind of thing, right? So. It's a gorgeous facility. I go back to when The Edge had the studio at Eaton Center. And people could just walk in. You probably can't really do that kind of interaction with an audience anymore. Uh, you could find a way. <laughs> the, the mice have found a way. So there's, there, there, there are ways to get into the studio. But, yeah, well, you, just being on that legendary uh, studio location just off of Young, uh, that, and the history of CFNY itself is just, I guess that's why there's a documentary coming out, too. And Rush actually sang a song about it, too. So, right? So, yeah. What is what is the present day? I mean, we've seen the alt format kind of wax and wane in the states. How are you doing it in Canada? How are we doing it in Canada? We're looking at the states. No, uh, we're trusting our gut. We're trusting our audience for sure. Number one is our audience, so that's why we got researchers out trying to figure out who's listening to what. We're seeing what streaming's up to too, but. Um, I am very hopeful, even after this conference, knowing that there is room for radio and there will always be room for radio and people are listening. And we just got to find out ways to just get their attention, whether it be with our personalities, but more so with the music as well. And we just trust that our bands, up and coming, emerging, and the, the, you know, the old faithful bands are going to be producing solid tunes because that's, in the end, a good song is a good song. We've just come out of this session with my good friend Sean Ross, who's pitching music at you and seeing what you think, and you lit up. We had a live performance last night from what's it called New Friends. Yep, yep. And you lit up when you mentioned, oh, by the way, this is CanCon. How does, how does that challenge add to programming music up here? Well, the CRTC has uh, given us a lot of hurdles when it comes to uh, our CanCon requirements, and we're hoping that that's not the end of these changes. Hopefully they'll make it a little bit more easier for us radio programmers to compete with the streaming audience because it seems like the streaming world is a wild, wild west and we don't get to play in that wild, wild west cowboy <laughs> mentality, right? So we'll see, but we do have to play by the rules and it, it, is, it is good that the CanCon rules are still in place no matter what they are because we do have to support our Canadian artists because without those rules... I don't even know where they would be playing, to be honest with you, right? Yeah, so, grown up just across the lake, I grew up listening to Canadian radio and getting turned on to bands that otherwise, you know, more than 100 miles from the border, nobody had ever heard. But, Scott, I would have to say, like, Canadian artists are really bringing up their A-game, where they're competing and even surpassing these international artists with their music, right? And it'll be a no-brainer. There's a lot of no-brainer decisions when it comes to CanCon and Canadian artists because they're putting out some good stuff. I got to ask, you're in an unusual market. How many places these days have two alternative stations? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm trying to think. There is Vancouver. Yeah. Once, there once was Vancouver at that one time. And then I remember back when I started, there, Victoria had two alternative rock stations. And it's good. Um, competition always makes us better, right? And they're doing great stuff across the street. And, you know, they're, bringing, they're helping us be attentive and attention to detail what we're doing too and we're looking at what they're doing and I, I think we're one big happy family but even though we're fighting but, but, <laughs> but we're all playing nice but it's good that they're waving the flag for alternative music too because if there's less and less stations playing alternative music then what does that say to the format right so it's fun i like being able to punch back and forth and actually hear some competition going on yeah. speaking of competition one final question for you 
you're running for mayor of Toronto. <laughs> yes, I keep getting reminded about that. And uh, you were the one who brought it up in the panel. I did, and I was, and I didn't even introduce myself properly in the panel. But uh, the whole process was, I might as well do it because it's that easy, and it was easy. And I just wanted to poke holes at that, but then it ended up being, holy crap, I'm on the ballot with 101 other candidates, and one of them's a dog from really? Soviet Russia. So if the Russian dog beats me, then all hope is lost. So, Are your hosts allowed to talk about this on the air? Oh, yeah. they. I'll be hearing about it until the next election. <laughs> Good luck to you. Good talking with you. Thank you so much. Boy. That was fun. That was good. Rick Lee, the program manager of Chorus Entertainment's 102.1 The Edge, the legendary CFNY in Toronto, still waiting. We'll keep you updated on what becomes of his uh, quixotic mayoral bid there. By the way, he also had the best picture uh, in the guide to the show. He uh, superimposed his face over a picture of King Charles and uh, put that in there as his headshot. Uh, Nice, nice move there, Rick. That pretty much wraps up our coverage of Radio Days Toronto for this year. We may still be reaching out to some of the other speakers there who uh, have some interesting thoughts that we want to bring into the podcast. But we do encourage you to keep an eye on what Radio Days is up to. They will be back in Toronto in June of 2024, and we just might try to find an excuse to get over to Europe and take part in Radio Days in Munich in March of 2024. In the meantime, next week we are going to get back to some of our interviews from the big convention in the U.S., the NAB show uh, that we've been waiting to bring you. So that will be coming up in the next few installments of the Top of the Tower podcast. And as always, we are very interested in hearing from you. If you think you might have something interesting to say or have an interesting guest to suggest, reach out to me. It's scott at fibush.com. Again, we are brought to you by Yellow Tech, makers of the Mika mic arm and monitor mounting system and the IXM recording microphone. You can find more about them at yellowtech.us. I'm Scott Feibusch. Thanks for listening to the Top of the Tower podcast from Feibusch Media.